This is the Statman Sports Podcast, where we keep topics in context. This is your host, Steve Duffus, who is still wondering why the Seahawks didn't run the ball. Ah, it's a beautiful day to talk sports, baby. Welcome to episode number 47 of the Statman Sports Podcast. This is your host, Steve Duffus. We are here today for another edition of the Statman Sports Podcast. Man, let's do it. But before we get into everything today, if you're a new listener, thank you for tuning in from Spotify, Google Play, from wherever you're listening from. And for those of you who are being a consistent listener since day one, welcome to you too. Ah, this podcast is sponsored by CWR Network, played at 10 a.m. on Tuesdays, 6 p.m. on Wednesdays. So thank you for those guys for making it a bigger platform for us. Oh my goodness gracious, man. It just feels like man, I'm just tired. Not just tired physically, mentally, none of that. I'm just tired of the damn New England Patriots. They need to go away, like forever. Please, just, 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 just go away. They're already good, and then just sign Antonio Brown, and we're gonna get into it. We, I have a lot, I have a lot, a lot, really, really. I can't even finish my sentences. That's annoyed I am. We have a lot to talk about, and especially about this whole Antonio Brown saga. But you guys are wondering why, why you're tuning in today, and what's going on in the schedule today? Well, like I said, we're gonna talk about Antonio Brown and how he orchestrated his way to the New England Patriots. We're also gonna talk about it, Tom Brady at age 40 what he's doing and especially that first regular season game also we're going to talk about Dak Prescott and the new look Dallas Cowboys offense and finally <laughs> of course of course you know I'm going to talk about Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr. and the Browns we thought it was going to be a new year well it is a new year but it looks like it's the same old Browns so with no further ado man let's just get right into it what are you talking about bro huh what are you talking about man what (laughs) bro what are you talking about man so this is this is what i want everybody to do right now wherever you're listening from just close your eyes and I'm going to read off some statistics for you because this podcast is all about the statistics and understanding what I'm about to say here. So if I told you your favorite team is about to get a receiver that is the only one in NFL history to have six straight seasons with 100 plus receptions and six straight seasons with 1,200 yards, what would you tell me? Would you want that guy on your team? Regardless of his off-field situations, regardless of his character, regardless of what he is, as long as your team has him and your team can win games, wouldn't you take him? Well, open your eyes. What if I told you that player happens to be Antonio Brown? (laughs) Like I always say, man, unless you've been living under a rock, you know what's been going on. It just feels like Andrew Luck retired like five years ago based on all this Antonio Brown's drama. I can take this entire podcast just to talk about how I really feel about Antonio Brown. But that is not what you guys are here for. Okay? There, I, I just I just have a problem. I'm going to say this. I just really have a problem about how Antonio Brown went about really wanting to go to New England. Because from the outside looking in, that's just really what it seems like to me. It kind of feels like 
everyone was talking about Antonio Brown having CTE and Antonio Brown it's just losing his mind but apparently in hindsight it looked like he kind of orchestrated this whole thing he didn't care really about this 33 million really somebody that really cares about 33 million dollars would not act as Antonio Brown did and especially in a league where all your money is not guaranteed we all know this. The NFL, <laughs> they might put it on paper and see your money's guaranteed, but the moment you get injured, you misbehave, or whatever the case may be, you're gone. And Antonio Brown did so many things incorrectly. He threw he threw people under the bus in uh in Pittsburgh. He talked bad about ex teammates, teammates that won Super Bowls. He talked about his quarterback. He recorded. We we all know the whole saga. I don't need to go down the list. It just seems to me that Antonio Brown's the type of person, man, if he doesn't get what he wants, he's going to do whatever it takes at the expense of anybody just to get his way. I don't think he's going to make it through the whole season in New England. As good as as good as good that organization is, Antonio Brown is dope. <laughs> he was worse off than T.O. He was worse than Randy Moss. He was worse than Chad Ochocinco. He's not going to last. <laughs> I don't think he's going to last for his regular season, but we're going to see. But what's really more important is, though, the New England Patriots trashed opening night, Sunday night football. They just trashed the Pittsburgh Steelers. They make Mike Tomlin's defense look like garbage. Tom Brady, 42 years old. He's the first player since Vinny Testaverde, and he broke the Super Bowl era record to throw three, 300 yards and three touchdowns. At 42 years of age. If you didn't know better, you wouldn't even think Tom Brady's 42 by the way he's playing. The New England Patriots, they had a 20-point lead at one point in the game. In the mid-third mid quarter, they had a 20-point lead. Let me give you another statistic that really matters for this game for you to understand how dominant the New England Patriots were. The New England Patriots never lost a game in franchise history when leading by 20 points or more by halftime. They're 61-0. 61 and 0. On the flip side, Ben Roethlisberger, he has faced the New England Patriots six times in Foxborough. He's 0 and 6 in this particular game on Sunday night. The Pittsburgh Steelers were 3 for 12 on third down. They had a total of 32 rushing yards. Their main their main star, James Conner, running back, who 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 is supposed to take over from Le'Veon Bell. He looked great last year. But this first game of the season, again, I know it's overreaction, and we're all going to overreact on a Monday and a Tuesday after the first week of the season. James Conner is just terrible. They look awful. The Pittsburgh Steelers going to run the ball. They couldn't pass the ball down the field. They pretty much gained all the yards in garbage time because we all saw what the end score was. And for those of you who didn't see the score, the score ended 30-3. to The Super Bowl champs just dominated. That was the worst loss for Ben Roethlisberger his second worst loss in his career by more than 30 points. That's how dominant the New England Patriots were. So they did that, all of that, without Antonio Brown. I started the segment by describing the type of player he is. And now the New England Patriots are going to add this to their offense. And we must all sit here and watch him dominate the regular season and possibly just dominate all the way down to the Super Bowl. I understand, again, it's week one. We all overreact in the first week of the season. But, man, <laughs> New England just looks too damn good. And I have to be neutral about this. They are going to dominate this regular season. That is what's going to happen. 
are they going to keep Antonio Brown in check? That's the question mark. Is Antonio Brown going to fall into place? Because we also got to remember, yes, he's the only player in NFL history, like I mentioned, to have six straight seasons with 100-plus receptions. But in New England Patriots, they built this 20-year dynasty. Unbelievable that I'm even saying that. They built a 20-year dynasty. Predicated on throwing down the other team's weakness. They make sure they expose your weaknesses. They're not going to force feed anybody. It has to be schematic. If you can't stop the run, they're going to force feed Sony Michelle. That's how they're going to do it. They're not going to throw the ball 13 times to Antonio Brown just because he's Antonio Brown. That's not how the New England Patriots operate. So that's going to be one of the biggest question marks for me. And I'm sure a lot of you are wondering about that. How is Antonio Brown going to act? What is he going to say when Bill Belichick decides one game? Listen, man, this team can't run the ball, so we're probably only going to target you five times this game. Are you going to be okay with having four receptions and 60 yards and a touchdown? Are you okay with that? We're real, that's when we're really going to see what Antonio Brown is really made of right now. He's doing what he wants because in Pittsburgh, they let him get away what he wanted. In Oakland, we clearly saw, and we should watch Hard Knocks, you clearly saw, they let him get away with whatever he wanted. Granted, in sports, we let superstars get away with a lot, and some of them don't act right. But not every sports organization is built like the Patriots. Not everybody has built Belichick. And one thing I can guarantee you, listeners, and those of you that watch football consistently know what I'm about to say. The moment you act a fool, you are gone. No questions asked. That don't make any sense. I'm a little confused here, bud. Yeah, 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 yeah. I am, I am absolutely confused about the primetime game in week one. The game that everybody was looking at. Regardless if you were a fan. Dallas Cowboys versus the New York Giants. Dak Prescott. 25 completions and 32 attempts. 405 yards and 4 touchdowns. <laughs> that was only the third time in Dallas Cowboys franchise history. That a player has, that a quarterback rather, has thrown for 400 yards. The other two? Joe Blanda. And Tony Romo. Not even Troy Aikman. And Dak Prescott did that in game one of the 2019 regular season. And just on cue, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, all the Dallas Cowboys fans, the real ones, the Fairweather fans, came under from Morocco. All of them were talking about, oh my goodness, Dak Prescott looked like a top five quarterback. Well, so did Lamar Jackson versus the Miami Dolphins defense. I mean, sure, I'm going to give Dak props. I mean, it's kind of hard to complete 25 or 32 passes in any game, in any football game, especially when a team is targeted to go against you. Wait a minute. That's not what was happening in Dallas if you watched the game. I just read you off the box score, but what really happened that game? The New York Giants just looked like they never played an NFL game. Matter of fact, it looked like they never showed up for the preseason either. 
their defense was just atrocious. You want to know a number that dictated that game? <laughs> Some of you are going to be confused about this, but I'll try to explain it to you. The NFL keeps a track of per- the percentages that defenses get to touch the quarterback. The New York Giants touched Dak Prescott in week one of the 2019 season in Dallas, 9.4% of the time. So practically in translation, in layman terms, that just means they literally didn't even get to touch Dak Prescott. On one side, you can say, hey, the offensive line played great. And on the other side, you can just say, and I'm just going to lean to the other side. The New York Giants defense was just basura, garbage. Take them and just throw them in the trash can. They were that bad. They made Dak Prescott look like 2007 Tom Brady. They make him look like 2011 MVP Aaron Rodgers. That's how they look like. There's a lot of things that went on in this game. There's a lot of storylines within this game that a lot of people have not been paying attention to. But what really matters to me is who they played. A lot of people are going to give Lamar Jackson praise because he's a wide receiver who happens to be now a quarterback. And everyone was saying, well, can Lamar Jackson really throw the ball? They put up 49 points. The Baltimore Ravens, that is 50, not 49, rather. Correction, 59 points. Franchise record on the Miami Dolphins defense. It was that bad as some Miami Dolphins players were asking to be traded after week one of the regular season. At one point, Lamar Jackson was 10 for 11, 220 yards and two touchdowns. Hollywood Brown was an amazing, amazing week one debut. But again, it's with the Miami Dolphins. So the question I'm posing is, 400 yards, four touchdowns against the New York Giants defense? You're supposed to do that, Dallas Cowboys fans. Dak Prescott was supposed to do that. I'm not going to heap praise on Dak Prescott playing a half-mediocre defense. I want to see him do this against the likes of the St. Louis Rams. I want to see him do this against the Denver Broncos defense. Defenses that matter. The Chicago Bears, Minnesota Vikings. Real defenses. I want to see what he's going to do. They didn't need Dak Prescott. I mean, they didn't. Sorry, they didn't need uh, uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Zeke did his thing. He he ran good enough that the play action works. I want to see when the play action doesn't work, how Dak, Dak Prescott is going to look. To his credit, though, he threw some passes down the field that last year he didn't have confidence taking. And the most credit I'm going to give is to the new Dallas Cowboys offensive coordinator my goodness gracious there were some plays that would run in week one that you would say as a Dallas Cowboys fan I was like my gosh where was this last year where was this the previous years the offense looks good everything looked good very good but let's not kid ourselves and again the question I ask does it matter who you play absolutely it matters who you play To me, Dak Prescott's numbers were inflated. Again, I read off the statistic at the beginning of this segment. I'm confused. In French, the Dallas Cowboys have been in the NFL a long time. And you mean to tell me only two other quarterbacks in the franchise history happened to throw for 400 yards? And Tony Romo happens. Matter of fact, this happened four times in the Cowboys franchise history. Dak Prescott has one. Tony Romo has two. <laughs> and Joe Blanner has one. 
that was an anomaly. That is not going to happen. Dak Prescott has already been four years in the NFL. And he was barely, barely throwing for 250. People were praising Dak Prescott like he was an amazing quarterback the moment he used to throw for 300 yards. And that was like far and few. So are we really going to lean on the fact that he threw 400 yards on the, on the, on the New York Giants? That's kind of ridiculous. I might need everybody to tone it down. The Giants couldn't even get pressure on Dak Prescott. They couldn't even convert on first down after they had that amazing drive and scored in the first quarter. They didn't do anything else after that. All their points after that came in scrap point when the game was already out of reach. So no, I'm not going to give Dak Prescott no props for a game that he was supposed to light up that defense. Now speaking of lighting up, the entire offseason, we were hearing and I was hearing about how great the Cleveland Browns offense are going to be, how amazing they're going to be, the sexy pick to make it to the playoffs and possibly run it down to the Super Bowl because they have all this talent. Baker Mayfield, the great on-field leader. He doesn't care about what people say. Odell Beckham Jr., the amazing catch, the amazing hair, the watch. I don't even know the brand name of the watch. Matter First of all, why you even win a watch on a football field? And according to what I've been reading, that watch cost 350000 Bro, this man was wearing a house on his wrist. <laughs> this man was more concerned about how he looks rather than actually playing a game. The Tennessee Titans went into the dog pound and pounded the Cleveland Browns. Pounded them into submission. They humbled them. In other words, all this talk, they're great tight end, they have a good tight end, they have an amazing running back, they have, a, they have a great upcoming rookie, I mean not rookie, they have a great upcoming uh, second year quarterback in Baker Mayfield, and they have the amazing top three arguably wide receiver in the NFL, man, they're going to light it up, baby. Maybe this is just me overreacting, do I think the Browns are overrated? I don't necessarily think so. But they really didn't look like a team that belonged in the same field with the Tennessee Titans in week one. Score was 42 to 13. 42. I heard about their defense too. They've been building that defense for about five years. Defense is supposed to be top five. At least that was what projected. But then again, it's another lesson for me and another lesson for you listeners and another lesson for everybody that watches sports. Games are not won. On paper. You got to go on the field and win. Everybody was talking about the Tennessee Titans. How is Marcus Mariota going to look? How is Derrick Henry going to be? Derrick Henry should have one of the best seasons for running back this season. He should have. And he showed that in the first week of the season. By the way, I do have him on my fantasy team as well. Shout out to Derrick Henry if you're ever listening to this podcast. Thank you for single-handedly, you and Christian McCarthy, winning me. My fantasy team this week. My fantasy uh, matchup this week. Thank you very much for that. The Cleveland Browns have a long way to go in order for them to be any good. And why do I say that? They were talking all this trash. Just like you, just like that one, just like that one kid at the park, man. You talk all that trash, you talk all that trash, and when you when you're next up, you get smacked in. You got nothing to say. You get humbled. And that's what happened to the Cleveland Browns. And I expect that to continue happening for the next 16 weeks. Are they going to lose games? Yes, they are. Are they going to win games? Yes, they will. 
But it's not going to come as easy as many people make it look like to be. The Cleveland Browns have no business being in the same league as the Packers, as the Patriots, as the Chiefs, as the Steelers even. They don't have no business being in that league. They haven't won anything. Their quarterback haven't done anything. Odell Beckham had what? One amazing, a couple great amazing seasons, one outstanding Hall of Fame season. This man went to the playoffs and lost his one playoff game to Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. What has Baker Mayfield done? Look good off the field? Really? What is Nick, like, like, what has that team done? Nothing. So why is it that we've been hearing this? Again, I'm going to state this one more time, and I'm going to keep stating this for the rest of the time that I'm alive. I am not a prisoner of the moment, nor will I be a prisoner of the moment. Everybody falls into the trap. When a shiny new thing comes around, everybody wants to touch it. Everybody wants to play along with it. Everybody wants to claim that, oh my gosh, this is the next greatest thing. Hey man, bread has been around for like 3,000 years, bro. And it's still the best thing to ever come out of humanity. Sliced bread. We're still eating it. The shiny new thing is not always better than the old thing. Most of us hate the New England Patriots. But somehow internally we still root for them. You know why? Because their model of consistency. They win. We don't hate on anything that's bad or loses. You want to know something that summarizes a statistic that summarizes his entire Cleveland Browns week one offense? Not offense. The offense of a team that they played in week one. The Cleveland Brown has not won their opening game since 1995. I repeat, the Cleveland Browns have not won the opening game of the regular season since 1995. And it's quite interesting because the last time they won their opening game, their coach happened to be Bill Belichick. And you know who happened to be their opponent? The New England Patriots. That's kind of funny to me. <laughs> How that comes around. So the question is, what do the Cleveland Browns need to do in order to solidify themselves as a dream that is going to threaten to make the playoffs? First of all, they need to be humbled. The Titans did that. But within themselves, they need to understand, as young as a team as they are, as good as they think they might be, they still have to perform on the field. They need to keep all the chirping within the lines. Why are you walking around with a $350 watch, bro? Why are you doing that, Odell? Hey, man, you, you make the money, man. I'll probably never make the money you make. I'm probably, obviously, I'm never going to catch the balls you're going to catch. I'm not going to produce the numbers you're going to produce, bro. But come on, man. What's more important, looking good or winning? I don't know if your sponsor told you you have to wear your watch. But, bro, yo, wearing a watch is not going to make you catch balls better, man. Wearing that watch, it's not going to make you run routes better. Wearing that ridiculous $350,000 watch, it's not going to do anything for your game, man. Matter of fact, it just lets me know where your mindset is at. And that's not a winning one. That is what is really going on in the NFL today. 
That is what sometimes is wrong with society today. Sometimes we look at what's around us. We want to be what's around us. Instead of focusing on the task at hand, we need to win. I want to perform. I want to be my best. What does it take to be my best? If you want to be your best and look good, hey, kudos to you, man. But you're not always going to look good and perform well. You're always not going to perform well and look good. My point is, some of you are probably just having your eyebrows like, what is this guy talking about right now? My point is with Odell and Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns is, we all talked them up and we talk, we 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 made them look in the offseason as a man, that's, that's the new pretty girl on the block. And it turns out to be that they were just a fraud in week one. Again, they're not going to keep performing like this for the entire regular season, obviously. Because to be quite frankly, or to be quite frank rather, Aaron Rodgers and my Green Bay Packers didn't look great in week one. But they possibly played the one of the top five defenses in the league. And Aaron Rodgers hasn't played a snap in the regular season. So I can excuse that. But what is the Cleveland Browns excuse? Where is their mind at? They just thought they're going to walk on, on the field and just people are just going to hand them W's. Now they put a target on their back. So what are they going to do? How are they going to respond? Some interesting notes about the Cleveland Browns to summarize that game. They gave up a 79-yard run to Derrick Henry. The defense was non-existent. Baker Mayfield threw three interceptions. He threw the balls over receivers' head. He threw them. He underthrew them. He wasn't reading the coverages. He was getting frustrated by the halftime. He was just talking to everybody, wondering what was going on. If you didn't know better, you would think Baker Mayfield was just a rookie in the NFL. That's how unprepared and how bad the Cleveland Browns look. So to summarize everything I've been saying this segment about the Cleveland Browns, they need to get their head together. If they have any plans of being any good and to even be talking about the playoffs. So Cleveland Browns, you know what my recommendation is to you? Look at the numbers. Look at film. And adapt to the situation. That's how you're going to win games. Not by wearing pretty watches. And having cool haircuts. That's not how you're going to win in the NFL. Here's by the numbers. This is your stats of the day. Ah, I know some of you was asking back for this segment and finally we brought it back in episode number 47, the stat of the day, baby. So instead of doing one stat today, we have we had a lot of sports going on over the past couple of weeks in the past, and especially this last weekend. So I want to start off with reading off some of the statistics that stood out this past weekend in various sports that would quite be interesting for everybody. Let's start out with the NFL. Christian McCaffrey, he's one of five players in NFL history especially in the Super Bowl era with 10 receptions and 120 yards like I mentioned earlier I drafted Christian McCaffrey with my first pick in fantasy and he produced some amazing numbers that's crazy man running back with 10 plus receptions and 120 yards that just tells you he's the main focal point of the offense so the Carolina Panthers kudos to you for looking out for your uh, for your number one option let's move on to Dak Prescott He's the third player in franchise history with 400 yards, like I already mentioned. That's a quite interesting stat, especially for a guy 
who uh, who's been criticized for not being able to throw down the field and a guy who has been questioned about his uh, his accuracy. You just got to give him that props, man. There's been a lot of quarterbacks that came through Dallas, but none of them has thrown so many 400-yard games. So kudos to Dak Prescott. Let's move on to Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray versus the Detroit Lions. He threw 54 passes in his debut. That's a quite interesting stat right there. You know why? Because there's only been one other person in NFL history to throw 50-plus passes in their debut. That was Sam Bradford versus, ironically, the Arizona Cardinals in 2010. So, <laughs> man, that's a lot of passes for a guy that's listed at 5'8", 5'7". That, that's, man, it's a lot of toughness and a lot of arm strength. Then, another statistic that's quite mind-blowing and quite amazing. Teams. That start 1-0 in the NFL. Teams that start 1-0 in the NFL are 52.5% chance to make the playoffs. People talk about, how now week one kind of is kind of like the dress rehearsal. You know, you still try to figure out what's going on in the first week of the season. But guess what? If you do lose that first, if you do win rather that first game, your chances of making the playoff is more than half, 52.5%. But if you happen to lose that game... If you start 0-1 in the regular season in NFL history, your percentage goes down to 25.5%. 25.5% if you lose the first game of the season. That's your percentage of trying to make it to the playoffs. And this other statistic tied to that winning and losing. The Detroit Lions and Arizona Cardinals tied at 27 at the end of regular season of week one teams that have tied in the first week of the regular season there's only been three ties in nfl history in the first week of the regular season none of those teams have made the playoffs so practically you can scratch off arizona cardinals and the detroit lions but even if they didn't tie none of those teams were actually going to make the playoff but it's quite interesting to know that that statistic just proved to point like if you tie that's practically like a loss because i mean that's pretty bad man and finally, the statistic that to me is the most favorite one for me, and it's the simplest one. Rafael Nadal, U.S. Open champion, four-time U.S. Open champion. Now he's one Grand Slam title behind his nemesis, Roger Federer. Rafael Nadal, he won the French Open 12 times. He won U.S. Open four times. He won the Australian Open once and won Wimbledon twice. This man is an overall player, but, but, but in essence, he's the king of clay. Congratulations to Rafael Nadal for winning his 19th major title. And that, guys, for you, what a stat of the day. Ah, we've come to the end of another episode, episode number 47 of the Statman Sports Podcast, man. Hey, you know, you guys know me. For the new listeners, you already know what the deal is. If you haven't subscribed already, just hit the subscribe button on TuneIn, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Wherever you tune them from, man, that would be greatly appreciated. And especially in the Apple, in the Apple Podcast, if uh, you can leave a review, I always take constructive criticism because I always want to improve myself, improve the podcast, so you guys can get a better quality every week with content and everything that you like. Before I let you guys go, though, <laughs> I I promise this person I will do this, man, because Richmond Carter, Richmond, I know you're listening right now. And for you, for you listeners, that's one of my good friends from our college. He did actually predict that Antonio Brown will end up on the Patriots, like, way before it actually happened. That was about, like, last week he was talking about this. 
when Antonio Brown started acting up. So I told him I'll give him a shout out if that actually happened. And guess what? It actually happened. So yeah, Richmond, I guess you can call you Nostradamus, right? <laughs> but man, anyway, for, for the rest of you listeners, once again, I appreciate all the support. I appreciate all the help and the, and the you know, everything you guys have done for me so far. Thank you once again for celebrating with me that one year anniversary last week. Yeah, it was an amazing thing. You know, you guys shot me a lot of texts and emails and stuff like that. So I really appreciate that. Um, and also, guys, just to show my gratitude, our store is being upgraded and it will be open this week sometime. By the time you've been listening to this podcast, it still won't be open. We'll be open probably by Friday or by Monday one of those days so keep up on social media for you to find out what it is and uh just keep up on our instagram stories so you can see all the updates that we've been giving about the store yeah a lot of you have actually liked the new merchandise and the gears we're gonna have backpacks new t-shirts you know mugs and stuff like that because i know a lot of you like your coffee in the morning so you can always remember the stat man while you're drinking your coffee and finally for those of you who you know listen to the podcast at work and you don't want your bosses to catch you <laughs> you can always uh listen to the transcript on the podcast on our website stepmanpodcast.com and uh you can go from there read all the notes and read all the statistics during all the episodes that i read that's all i have for you guys today so for right now statman signing out baby thanks for listening to the statman sports podcast see you next time